Hi, and welcome back to BIM Voice. My name is Petru Condoraro, and today's guest is Craig Lissinger. He is a digital customer experience and field sales productivity manager at Ecolab in Vienna, Austria. Hi, Craig. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Petru. Happy to join you. Today, we are going to talk mostly about the IFC.js app you started to build. But uh, before that, please tell us a few words about yourself. I'm an American guy, uh, but I've been living in Austria the last uh, 10 years. So I've got a small family over here. My wife's an Austrian. That, that's kind of the reason uh, I'm here. What I currently do at my job, so I work for Ecolab, which is a service company for cleaning solutions. We sell our, our products, our chemical products, so soaps, hand disinfectants, cleaning materials that you'll see in commercial uh, settings, hospitals, restaurants, hotels. But yeah, we don't want to just sell commodity products like soaps. So we try to add different offerings, whether it's our sales force, giving hands-on training and service. And then my area of interest is, is the digital products. So trying to provide digital interfaces and solutions for customers to help them make sure that they provide a clean environment. And uh, I'm focused on the healthcare sector. So that's things like collecting data on cleaning audits and providing digital insights, uh, dashboards for your customers to use. Also some other innovative things we work on with, with UV light, light uh, robots or uh, little RF sensors and tags to make sure people are disinfecting their hands when they enter, get close to a patient, things like that. Okay, I understand. Now I have two questions. First, yeah. how related is this to the construction or to the AAC industry? How... Not at all. Zero. Not at all. None. Okay. Zero. Nothing. <laughs> okay, that's cool. Fair enough. No problem. No issue. Now, I want you to explain me how did you end up making this IFCJS app from this background to get on board with IFCJS? Because Great. I really cannot connect the dots. Yeah, it is a lot of dots. All right. So I'll try to walk through it. It's a long winding road. Okay. Um, good. So as I said, I'm here in, in Austria and um, in 2018, 2019, we were in the city and we decided, you know, we had a couple of young kids. We wanted to move outside. We looked at buying a house. We looked at building a house. We looked at a lot of different builders. We ended up on building a house. You know, in the village my wife is from. We we talked to lots of different builders and we settled on a very small local builder because the two guys that were running are extremely nice. And part of our negotiation with building the house was they, they didn't even have a, a website at the time. So I was like, you know what? I, I program for fun. It's a hobby of mine. I'll build you a website. You know, he had a couple other web apps like customer portals or a house configurator he wanted to do. And like I said, I'll do this work for you. You take a little off on, on, you know, part of the negotiation for building the house. So that was sort of the first step of the story. One of these web apps that I had made for this builder was a house configurator, uh, nothing too fancy. He designed it. It was very good looking, but it was basic technically, right? It was all stored locally and it was just kind of picking a picture to, and setting the price of what one particular house would be. It's something he showed around and got some excitement from, but it never really took off, but it kind of started his thought process on something he might want to do. He's of course running his own business. He's building his own house. So the projects kind of come up and down. So a couple of years pass and he comes back to me and says, Hey, I want to kind of build on this project. I've built on it, uh, you know, brought in a couple other people to be able to make it work in scale. We need to work with other builders around Austria. So we have to have a common platform where they can kind of put in their prices and they know what the design of the building would be in the configurator. And we're using this particular software and it uses this IFC file type. 
we've got to make this work. And I'm like, I've never heard of this in my life. I was like, what's an <laughs> IFC? He's like, can we make it, you know, a 3D viewer in the web where they can pick and configure it? I'm like, dude, I don't know. But you know what? I'll Google around, you know? So I do some Googling and I find, you know, the, the smart BIM websites and all their documentation. And uh, I think like ISC Shell, there was a few things. There was a couple paid options and nothing quite fit right. And uh, and then I remember I stumbled upon the ISC JS. And I was like, well, this sounds, this sounds promising. Okay. And, and this was in, I think, March, 2021. So it was still pretty young project. I remember I jumped on their discord and I think there was like, 11 people on the server and now i go there and there's <laughs> 300 right yeah uh, and i remember you know i i loaded a couple of files and i'm like this you know this wall is supposed to be a window why is it not coming in <laughs> stuff like this but but they were really fast and you know before i know it someone like me who you know programs as a hobby and can speak javascript never heard of this file and now suddenly hey there's this option for this this to work with this ifc file so I, I made some neat things, but this project never really took off. But nonetheless, I found this this little community that I see growing fastly with ICJS. You know, Harry and, and and Tony were really nice when I thought this one project was working, and they were you know troubleshooting, trying to to fix this uh, you know geometry that wasn't coming out right. And I thought, you know what, this is this is neat. Uh, I like I said, I programmed as a hobby. I was just looking for something to do then, and I thought I'd make a uh example svelte app for him because i wanted to learn svelte a little better as well so i submitted the the simple easy example for svelte and done but then i just kind of sat on it and went away and went on programming other things for fun got back into ios programming a little bit etc different things then earlier this year maybe just a couple months ago you know i like to kind of go back to these frameworks i've used in the past to see how they they've worked and done and it wasn't ISCJS necessarily that 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 sparked my interest to create something new here. It was the Google Model Viewer project. So mm -hmm. modelviewer.dev, I believe it is, but it's from Google. And I had seen this one in the past and thought, oh, this is a really cool project because it gives you AR right from your web browser without downloading anything. When I first saw it, the thing that kind of stunk about it is if you wanted it to work on every device, you'd have to upload two file types because iOS wants a USDZ file. But I saw they made it to where the GLTF only can on the fly create a USDZ. To, so it works on both devices. So it made it a lot easier. And just kind of instantly I was like, hey, this could be really cool. And I know with IFCJS, they have a 3JS loader. 3JS has a GLTF exporter. I can take those IFC files and very easily put these guys right in an AR viewer. And I was like, this is too easy. I have to do it. This is just going to be cool and fun. So that's what made me made this happen. It, it, like I said, there's a long background and different plane with these frameworks that enabled it. But then the creation of the app was a fairly fast thing. Wow. So th there's my winding road real quick. So let me pause. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this is fascinating. I cannot just spell it out any other way. It's just fascinating. It's amazing. It's mind blowing for me, to be honest. And there are two things to this. One, which is very positive, and of course, the other one is also positive, but it could be uh, something uh, negative for the professionals in the AAC right now. So the first one is that someone who doesn't have anything to do with the construction industry, or more or less, comes in, jumps in, looks after technologies that he can use, and he builds something. This is 
amazingly powerful. And this is definitely something that a lot more people need to know. I'm sure there are other programmers that maybe want to make an app for their house or something like that. They will have these tools in the future because IFC will just become better and better, right? Especially with how rapidly it's growing right now with the bounties. I don't know if you checked the latest days, but a lot of new features have been uh, developed yeah. with the bounties. And the uh, yeah, over $7,000 have been paid in bounties, which is amazing, right? And this will accelerate more and more and more. So this is one thing and it's, it's very, very powerful. This is my mission to spread it as much as possible, to make people understand from other industries how accessible this is and how easy they can build their own tools for small projects, for hobby projects, as you said, right? The second part to this is, this is a threat to the AAC industry and professionals because this is so low entry, it becomes so low entry point for everyone outside the industry. This is going to be a big challenge for us in the AAC. And I see this as a good part because we need to wake up, we need to become better, we need to start to learn how to program and build our own tools. As engineers, we need to do that. And this is amazing that this is exactly what the JS community is doing and providing the courses to help us and special tailored for professionals in AAC to learn these skills, to build our tools. This is amazing. This is, I'm very excited. I'm very happy to hear this. I had no idea about this. I just seen your video about your app and your links, and I was curious about it. And I'm really happy that I contacted you and I invited you to have this talk because I think this is something huge, which should motivate a lot of people to look into this. For sure. The way you put it is right, because the way I think about it, ICGS has effectively just built a road, a bridge that's connecting this IFC world to JavaScript, <laughs> which is the biggest, you know, programming language in the world, your connection to the browser. It's a two-way street too, right? So people like me who don't really know the AEC industry can kind of come in with, with some JavaScript knowledge, but of course the other way too. In general, I don't think it should be necessarily a scary thing. I think it's more of just for that AEC industry. It's a road that connects it to just a huge, huge market, a huge world. I said scary, especially for people who are not motivated to become better, who just uh, wait to get to a pension and just uh, finish their career or something like that. But I'm very happy about this. This is exactly what we need. We need a revolution in our industry because it's a dying dinosaur and we need to revamp it. We need to be better for the sake of our planet. It is already too late. Like every day I see in my feed a lot of news that a lot of scientists are saying that it's already too late, but we got to try because we are the biggest contributors to this global warming, right? And we need to do better. We don't have resources anymore. We need to use smarter the resources we have. And we need to start here. You mentioned several times that you are a hobby programmer. If you program, if you manage to do this, it's a hobby because you still have your job. But I would guess building everything you said, I think you could definitely have gotten a software developer a job if you really wanted. So how did you learn to code and what programming languages are you using in your projects? Sure, yeah. You know, in university, I did have to take one class on computer programming. It was a C++ intro to computer science. Wasn't really an interest at that time to me where you're console outlogging a, a dice roll or something. It was like, okay, what done? It doesn't speak to me. Like probably a billion other people, the first interest came when, when the iPhone came out and there's a bajillion apps and I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, how do they do this? How do they make this? Um, and so uh, the first app I made was a, on uh, Objective-C, horrible language. Yeah. <laughs> for me, I, I did not like it at all, but it was uh, for a German strong verb translation app because I was trying to learn some German at the time, very basic app. Yeah. Uh, from there, uh, Swift was coming out at that time, which which was much better than Objective-C. So again, this is all in the iOS world. 
yeah. built a couple other native applications. Then when I left the U.S. and moved to Austria, I started working at a company called the B-Win Party, online gaming gambling company at the time. So again, nothing related to anything I'd done in the past. I'm jumping industries all around, but they seemed interested in having a project manager with some experience. So I joined them a very fun company, but a very technical development company. And I was embedded in a scrum team. So now I'm surrounded by uh, a lot of young guys, a lot of Eastern European programmers speaking a language that I didn't necessarily understand <laughs> work language, right? With, with, with programming. So just wanting to be able to be a good project manager and being able to understand what stories I'm writing, had a deep dive and learned a lot about uh, front-end development, uh, Angular, uh, and, and things like that. And that's how I started to get into web development. So started with the Angular framework. And yeah, like I said, ever since really the first app became, it became kind of a hobby because it was something mentally stimulating. It's kind of a bit of like logic puzzles part. And it's also kind of a creative art part when you're making like a front end or something. So it was just something I really enjoyed, right? It's, and it's a free time thing. Um, so after Angular, then I, like I said, I uh, wanted to get into learning Svelte, so, which is just another JavaScript framework. So that's what I'm working with mostly at the moment. And then I've gotten a bit back into the iOS with Swift UI uh, a little bit for some of the things I do for work. So those, those are kind of where I'm, I'm hanging out at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why it was easy for you because you, you have actually a JavaScript background that you got so excited when you heard about IFCJS. Okay. Now let's do the fun part. The part that everyone is waiting for. Please show me your app and let's see what it can do. Sure. All right. So IFCXR. Yes. I got my, my homepage here and off your dwindling is, is my house off the side modeled by myself. So for fun, but that's not the fun part. So let's, let's jump into the app itself. So it's, okay. a, it's a bit hard to just show what it is with one screen like this, because the other interesting half is, is from a mobile phone, which we yeah. in AR. Yeah. So like I said, it was, it was a simple app thrown together quick. So there's not too many bells and whistles or side areas. It's just kind of your models that you have. And then a simple little account section that, says what your idea is and gives you a chance to obliterate yeah. your account forever, you know, and sign out. And let's just say edit, because it gives you the same screen if we made a new file, just to give it some name as a title, and then picking your file. And of course, it's looking for IFC files. And let's just pick up anyone here. I don't know if it's different from this one. It'll update our preview. There mm -hmm. we go, we got our fire. So this is Google model viewer working already over here. Uh, embedded in the page and with that you know we can adjust the positions of the file i don't know if this ever really happens in the ifc world but i just know in other 3d worlds you'll get some model because you design it up nicely and it makes sense and then it goes to some other program and it's flipped on yeah. its head and you're like oh god what happened i have to change the coordinate system uh, just to give the users control if they need to make some adjustments uh, to mm -hmm. that and then scale is an interesting one and this is one i'm I'm really kind of trying to, to figure out with this app at the moment. You know, you think ideally with, with an AR app of a house or something, it'd be really cool if you can go to your plot or property or it is, and you plop it in real life size and see it. You know? Yeah. Which in theory should be possible. And, I, and I've tried it with this app with limited success. So this is the reason behind this app. This is what you wanted to achieve with this application. This what? was the original idea. Yeah. Okay. It, it's something, and a lot of people have a hard time thinking 
in 3D. And I remember when I was building our house and, and with my wife, she's one of those people that's a hard time visualizing something in 3D. From my past in mechanical design as, a, as an undergrad, did a lot of 3D modeling, something I'd mm -hmm. grasp a little better, but for her, it was a struggle. And even with within, right, I would do a lot of iOS apps with the AR kit, and I would just do kind of on a table size just for fun to be like, hey, this is kind of what the house will look like. And yeah. it helped her some, but it was also just kind of table size. But the thought is, you know, someone who can just really, if they could see digitally their house on their property before it's built. Yeah. I think ahead. we get there. We get there soon. Not all the features are in place, right? But uh, we'll get there soon, sooner than you might think, I think. I agree, right? So right now, the, the framework struggles a bit when it's trying to find an outside ground and to place it further away. As you said, we'll we'll get there. A lot of that is, is technology driven too, as phones get LiDAR sensors and things like that. The phone gets a lot more comfortable knowing where its position's at in the real world is, and it can say something there and grab it. My phone doesn't have a LiDAR, so it kind of gets lost when you look up in the sky and things like this. You know? But the scale gives you a chance to adjust it. Yeah? And to that point of putting in and seeing it, the only other viewpoint that I could see for an app like this is the viewpoint I've had in this AEC industry, which is as a consumer, right? So yeah. Uh, somebody buying a house, right? Or maybe it's, you know, not necessarily full real size, but I remember also building our house. The builder shared us something through an app, I think maybe through Revit or something like this. And you could see the app 3D on your phone and try to scroll through it. It was mm -hmm. kind of clunky, but it was directionally, I think, a right idea. It's trying to give someone some spatial recognition versus just a 2D plan of, of what the oh. house would look like. So even if it was something tabletop size where you can place it and look at it in, in AR and get a feel for the geometry. So that's why the scale is something you can scroll it down and say, you know, instead of a real 10 meter sized house, let's just make something that fits on a tabletop. Yeah, that makes sense. So something as simple as that, save it. And now it takes a couple seconds and what's going on in the background, it's taking that IFC file and it's using the 3JS loader and it's creating a 3JS scene that you're not seeing, but it's created. Then it's taking the 3JS GLTF exporter, exporting that scene to a GLTF file. And that's what the Google model viewer likes to work with. And on Android phones, it uses the GLT file directly using the AR core on the phones to share the file. And for iOS file or phones, and devices, it wants a USDZ file, but the Google Model Viewer framework will on the fly create a USDZ from that GLTF. So from my side, from just this application, if I've taken that IFC file and I've made a GLTF, then I can use this Google Model Viewer effectively on any mobile device. Now it still has this quirky bugs with different browsers on different phones. Like it doesn't like Chrome on Safari at the moment, but it's a bug that they're they're trying to work out. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, then, Quickly saved, it's stored, uh, it's using Firebase as a background, so as, as the platform. So I saved the file into Firebase. I have a unique ID for it, and now it makes it really easy to share, right? So just getting the link itself. So this is pointing to another application using the same database. So instead of portal IFCXR, red share IFCXR. So more, it's just a very simple spelled app. Can you open that link in a new tab? Of course. Just copy paste it to see the result. And here you go. So. Oh, cool. We have the title. Of course, the warning here says, you know, 
This is just a mobile device. If you bring this up on your, your, or this is not a mobile device, put it on your mobile and you can see this thing in augmented reality. But here we can, of course, have the regular model viewer to spin it around, zoom in and out, things like that. So on the mobile phone, do you need to use any app or what you need to install or how do you exactly use this model? Absolutely nothing. And to me, that's one of the biggest appeals of it. No app installed. It is AR on the browser. It's all on the browser, zero installation required. Okay, so how do you open exactly? You need to browse to go in the browser on your phone and use the same link? So you can either send this exact link, the same link yes. as it is to somebody to open on their phone, or you know, if you're using Chrome, we to send this to my device and open it yes. there. And that was the other thought with this feature of the QR code, QR and that's code. the video you saw as well. And this QR code is just the encodement of that exact URL, right? And so uh -huh. whenever you open your phone's uh, camera and it sees a QR code, it, it's gonna naturally read it. And if it picks up that it's a website, it's gonna say, hey, click here to go to go here. Uh, so yeah, you, using this QR code to generate the, that or just simply sharing this URL in an email link, clicking view here, just also opens the exact same URL is all gonna mm -hmm. get you the same result. So. Yeah. And yeah, this, this application, the share one, you can see there's a couple of parameters here, query yeah. parameters, and that's how it's picking up the right model to share. So I'm giving it the user's ID, it's model ID, uh -huh. and then it's going to retrieve from the database the right model, give it to the user. If we type something in wrong here, or just go this here, it's gonna give me a, uh oh, we couldn't load the right model and it just throws the some default one that I have in there. <laughs> yeah, that's cute. Yeah. If you go back to the homepage, mm -hmm. so if you log out, just log out and go to your uh, homepage. Okay. Yeah. So if I go right now to this page, can I create an account myself or you just did it manually for yourself? Yeah, yeah. Anybody can come and create an account. I have the easy sign up with Google because it's the easiest one to implement with Firebase, to be honest. You know, there's yeah. a sign in with Twitter or Facebook so that, that maybe you're added later. But anyone, there's no charge, there's no nothing to create an account. I see pricing. What is that? Thought is here, like I said, right now, <laughs> I have no idea if this thing has any value at all. And I'm really interested for people to come and check it out and say, yeah, it's cool, but no value. Or, hey, this could have value if you do this or... Or maybe straight up, yeah, I can use this today. And I would love to just let everyone use it for free, but it's tied to my database, which eventually comes with charges. Now at the scale people are using it now, especially for beta users, one model, it, it okay. doesn't cost me much anything at all from Firebase. They have yeah. a very generous free, free tier. But if it was just wide open, then the biggest thing is ISC files can get quite large and that starts to rack up bills. So in this phase where it's beta, you know, if people are using it, it gives me an idea of how much it would take just to pay the bills on the database. And if yeah. it's value, then it's something where people say, we need more of this. We want more than, then it's something where I would look to add mm -hmm. uh, a paid feature so that I wouldn't go bankrupt offering it. But again, don't know if it even has value. So that's why I'd love for people to come just to play with it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course it has value for clients who are buying homes and so on. Of course it has value, but you just need to develop it further and to add all the needed features, right? And not right. only you, but also IFCJS to catch up with everything you need to be easier to develop. I'm sure that by the end of the summer, it's going to be much easier to redo exactly what you did or to improve what you did by yeah. changing some stuff. I'm already looking at some of, like you said, the bounty program. And I think Antonio posted something with floor plan creation yeah. out of the gate. What one could envision, you know, me as a consumer, I, I want to see the floor plan and a 3D representation of it. So 
embedding that into something that could be useful for a client. So yeah, I, I'm back into watching the IFCJS community a little closer <laughs> because yeah, this app was, was fun to make and and yeah, the whole community is, is growing yeah. quite rapidly. You know? Yeah, I'm very, very excited about this. I read today a tweet about something that Antonio applied for something, a Google uh, grant or something. So to implement a very advanced feature or something like that. So if that happens, that would be really interesting. I don't know you can, if you open there and go to Antonio. If you search I, well, first, I wanted to say, yeah, that, oh, yeah, that's one more cool feature with this Google model viewer is yeah. I'm not much on social media, but for Twitter, their model viewer works embedded. Wow in tweets that's so, so cool if you were somebody and you did a lot of social media marketing on your house models you share that link the same link that is the share link this exact link you embedded wow. in twitter it has the open graph tag so it knows mm -hmm. how to show this and, and work like that so. pretty cool that's pretty cool yeah so let's see here with uh antonio let me open that order. this one Ah. To just just open this and see it's really really interesting okay i hadn't seen i had heard him hint that he had one of the big tech players approach them about uh yeah and uh, if you go yeah. if you scroll down so i don't know what exactly this uh, fund means but i think uh, it can grant some amount of money for further development so it could be really uh, huge actually for the impact the further impact on this right oh yeah yeah that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I, I really hope uh, Google see any value in this. I don't know if there is any chance for us to bump this up, to vote this or something like that, but it's going to be really interesting. And I'm not sure that this has connection with the stuff he said that the big company is willing to support because this is something open to any kind of projects. It's not only for IFCJS. And you can see mm -hmm. this is the entry 136. So there are more entries for this, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, but this could be huge. Well, this has been a blast for me, Craig. Thank you very much for joining me. I learned a lot from this. It's very interesting to see this and to promote this. I'm really happy for this. And I really hope more new people for other industries are joining us and are trying this kind of crazy stuff and are improving. Because at the end of the day, the worst thing that happens, you, you have an app for your own to view your house or to do something, right? You did not lose anything, right? It, you learned yeah. a lot. Yeah, no, I really enjoyed it too. Like you were saying, if, hopefully this just inspires people. I've seen in the showcase, you know, a lot of other people sharing really cool things too, even if it's with blockchain stuff and whatnot. Um, so what, what ICGS is doing, you know, th this can be a small example of, of how they can inspire people to make cool things. And anybody interested to try out the, the ISCXR app, app I made, please go ifcxr.com, give it a shot. Shoot me an email if you have any feedback, good or bad. Happy to hear it. Yeah, I will uh, I will put all these links in the description so everyone can uh, get in contact with you. And by the way, how else can uh, somebody get in contact with you? Yeah, the best way is just my email, craig.leesinger at gmail.com. You can also find that at my personal website, craigleesinger.com. It's not too exciting, but it has a link to my email. So. Okay, I will leave that in the description as well. But uh, you are not very actively, you said, on Twitter or LinkedIn because a lot of people are following uh, LinkedIn. I, I noticed that a couple of people had shared it and they got some pickup on LinkedIn. I, I try to share my LinkedIn a bit more or I try to check my LinkedIn a bit more now because of that. So LinkedIn's also fine. Yeah, you can you can put my LinkedIn profile. But, but Twitter, anything else, uh, I don't spend any time on it. So yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you very much for joining me.
It was a pleasure. Thanks, Petro.